And uh, hello and welcome to the Wedding Business Coaches uh, podcast, uh, live on Instagram over here and on Facebook over here, the wonders of modern technology. Uh, so as you might have noticed, I am all by myself and uh, no one else is with me. Jack is not here. No one else is here at all. It's just me going to be talking business stuff for weddings for a while until I get bored or until you guys get bored and, or until there's just no one left to talk to. We'll see what comes first. Um, so if there's no suggestions from Ricky forthcoming, then I'll get on straight away with what I wanted to talk about, uh, which was a suggestion from last week's um, last week's uh, Wisdom Wednesday. This is the post we put up each week to see what you want us to talk about the following day. So because we did a, it wasn't live last week, we're going back to last week's one. So we were talking, uh, someone wanted to know about imposter syndrome and how you get over that. Um, so first of all, what is imposter syndrome? Um, imposter syndrome is this idea that you are simply not good enough at what you do. Now, more often than not, you're completely and utterly wrong, and you're actually more than capable of um, of achieving or doing what you say you're going to do for people. Um, now, this is actually, as if you saw the post last week, it's actually part of the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, and if you're not sure what that is, go into a further explanation. Um, if you're not sure what that is, that's the idea where when, if you've ever experienced a time when someone who you know doesn't, very, doesn't know very much about something starts speaking about it as if they're an expert, then they are experiencing the Dunning-Kruger effect. Now, this is a, a graph, which is probably not the wrong way, but it starts up here. This is, how, this is how confident you are about talking about something. And uh, along this axis here, is uh, how good you actually are. So it kind of goes up here. So when you know very little, you think you know a lot and you start speaking with a lot of expertise, even though you're not that good. Then there's this massive dip down here like this, where you actually kind of reach the point where you understand just how little you really know. This is where imposter syndrome occurs. And then from there, it kind of goes up like that as you as almost on a um, X equals X equals X kind of graph where you kind of know exactly how much you know is in direct correlation with how confident you are. But right at the start of this curve, this is where imposter syndrome occurs. Uh, Ricky's put a couple of comments on, which I'll get back to in just a minute. I just want to talk about imposter syndrome first of all. So what, how do you get over imposter syndrome? Well, the first of all is, is to recognize that you're actually experiencing that as a, as a thing. So if you, if you sat there and you're feeling like you're good, not good enough, then take a step back and, ask yourself, look at your reviews, look at the recommendations, look what people have said about you and ask yourself, am I actually not good enough or am I just telling myself that I'm not good enough? This is, this is the important thing to get to. If you're actually not good enough, then it's very, very clear that you need to go away and become better at what you're doing. That's not to say you're not good enough per se, but you need to get better at doing it because there's no harm in getting better at doing whatever service it is that you provide for weddings. Um, but more often than not, it is the case that for some reason, you don't feel like you're good enough to do magic at a wedding, or you're not good enough to provide the flowers at a wedding, or you're not good enough to make a cake for a wedding or stuff like that. But if you look at the reviews you've got and all the other stuff, all of it should point to the fact that you actually are good enough. So that's the first thing to do is to recognize you are actually suffering from imposter syndrome. And I think, you know, I, I went through it. Um, number of years ago thinking oh my god like 
Am I actually good enough to be charging this sort of money? Am I actually making a difference to people's weddings? Am I, am I, um, you know, am I actually, you know, good enough to be even performing to people in whatever? It's very, very, very common, um, and it's something which happens to people um, who are less confident in themselves in general. It seems a, it seems a natural thing to fall back on to tell yourself time and time again that you're simply not good enough. But the thing is that. We are always our own worst critics. You know, it's, it's very rare that people have the confidence to come along and spout about how great they are. And if they are spouting about how great they are, they often, it's often in itself a, a front for the fact that they're not actually feeling that confident. It's like projection. Um, so what's important here is it's to recognize that we're our own worst critics and it's actually great to listen to other people's opinions about how good we are. So if you've got 20 reviews, 50 reviews, 100 reviews, all saying you're incredible, you made their wedding, you know, whatever these lovely things that have been said are, then you've got to take that on board. You know, put it, put it on a scale. You've got you saying, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't think that I should be doing wedding. I'm doing stuff at weddings. You know, I shouldn't be getting paid this much, this, that, and the other. And you've got 100 people or 50 people, however many people saying, oh my God, thank you so much you made our wedding without you the day would have been so much so much worse or whatever so in terms of getting over the imposter syndrome it's i think you've got to recognize it's a step between thinking that you know a lot and realizing that you know there's so much more to learn um, which is a difficult one i understand because you know it's a it can feel like a bit of a leap but you know just keep on doing what you're doing look at the reviews look at your recommendations look at all the lovely things people are saying about you and you know go back to the roots of why you started in the first place what like what drove you what made you want to do whatever it is that you're doing because that will be what's going to motivate you to do even more so if you've got any questions on imposter syndrome hopefully i've covered that okay-ish uh, strange doing this without uh, having a conversation with jack about it um but there we go um, so back to uh, Ricky's. Uh, someone's put a thumbs up, so it can't have been that awful. Um, so Ricky says, any support or advice with uh, emails uh, going to junk boxes, uh, automated follow-ups are pre-programmed to go to wedding fairs, prospective clients. Apart from texting to say it was lovely to see you, um, please check your inboxes. I wouldn't want you to miss out on some amazing emails. So my question is, are there any tips on getting emails to emails to stop going into their junk boxes? Um, yes. So one of the things, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert on this, uh, but one thing that I did, because I've got CRM, which does exactly what you're asking, basically. Um, so there's, yeah, I, I use 17 hats and I had a huge problem where too many emails were not getting through. Um, so if you're sending them out from your own mail, you know, if you're from Outlook or whatever it is that you're using your Gmail, then, you know, make sure the settings in there is as spam friendly as they can be try to avoid html in there and just kind of keep it plain text uh, ricky says he uses 17 hats uh, so um something that's you can test whether using their mail server or using your own mail server gets better results in general um i found that using my one was better that might be because it's my server the server that i'm using or it might be because the 17 hats one is rubbish i don't know but the, the main thing that I did was that you can go to, um, there's mail spam checkers, which you can use. Uh, it will uh, generate a random email address. You send your email uh, to that address. 
it will then come back to you in a short amount of time and tell you um, exactly you know, what you're falling down on and what you're doing well. It gives you a score out of 10, I believe, and in, on the one I'm thinking of. I'm just going to see if I can find uh, the one that I've used previously so I can uh, post a link to that. Um, but bear me for one second, see if I can find the one that And none of the ones that are on the top top of Google search rings are jumping out at me, but I'm sure all of them will do pretty much exactly the same thing. Um, so yeah, if you search for email spam checker, those those tend to be, I mean, I've only used one and it basically improved things massively for me. But the things you wanna be avoiding, like I said, is large amounts of HTML. You wanna be avoiding uh, sending, uh, including attachments before anyone's added you to their, their whitelist. Uh, you wanna avoid sending large images within uh, emails as well. Um, one of the things that you can do, and I, we spoke about this on the previous episode of the podcast, is that within that within the first email that you send to someone, now this is often um, you know this is often just a thank you for your inquiry, etc. You should be encouraging them to add you to their whitelist, um, so that it, so that they ensures that all future emails do actually get through. Uh, so that's one thing that I include in all of my follow-ups that I do. Um, other thing, I mean, you've mentioned uh, specifically wedding fairs, is that if you've if you've got your CRM, CRM for instance, attending hat set up so that it automates an email to them the second that um, the uh, client information is taken down, and that's what I do, if it's not busy at the wedding fair, if you've not like got a queue of people, then, and, 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 also that you know that there's a there's mobile signal then i don't think there's any harm in just saying i oh, just want to check and make sure that that email's come through safely you know as as they're stood right there next to you and then you can say whilst you're there add me to your whitelist um just to make sure that all the future emails get through um that's basically the advice i would give on that that's worked pretty well for me um yeah any any other questions on that at all a few people watching at the moment um give you a second to answer hello instagram no, no one's watching on instagram though it's all on facebook at the moment which is a bit of a shame but uh yeah but the other thing i was going to talk about um seeing as i'm mentioning instagram is uh what what's uh what i've been doing uh with regards to um the Instagram following. So I've managed to over double the Instagram following um, for wedding business coaches in the last week. And what's important about that is not, and we've, we've spoken before about vanity metrics and how they're not really that, you know, how many followers we, followers you've got isn't actually that important. Um, it's um, it's uh, it's about the, the quality of the people following. Obviously you've got four followers, you know, it's not gonna really be great, but it's better to have 200 followers on your Instagram account where they're all perfect clients and a thousand and all of them completely nonsensical. Um, Ricky's, let's gonna go back to, Ricky said, great shout, I've asked him to check this and I've been, as I've been there and that worked too. Um, yeah, Ricky's just saying I'm great pretty much. So check the comments to validate that if you want to. Uh, so um, yeah, what's important is when, when you're, trying to get yourself Instagram followers is not just to go after the numbers because there's absolutely no point whatsoever. So um, there's a, a specific tactical use. Now I, I would share it with the whole group, but 
it is included in one of our courses and people have paid good money for that information so i feel like it'd be rude to um just share that information for free when people have actually paid for it so i can't do that i'm afraid but what's really really important is to make sure that yeah that the people who are following you or trying to get to follow you are people who are actually likely to do business with you so for myself and jack as wedding business coaches we recognize that venues are going to be very very unlikely to um enlist our help because you know venues typically are going to be one of the first thing that people book uh, and they're also going to be you know most venues are relatively well established i mean i would have thought that any venues that um aren't doing particularly well or, um, are ones that have just started up um and they were probably because they're a high high priced item they would more likely go to a business consultant for help uh, rather than come to us as wedding business coaches so i'm we're not looking for wedding venues to follow us uh, and also kind of brick and mortar shops i think less so uh, what, what we're looking for is for the sort of people who are already in this group so that's people you know who are in business they're normally doing pretty well or they're not doing quite as well as they want to or they're doing well and they want to do even better that's the sort of people that we want following us so that is the sort of people that's um i've been trying to get follow to follow us um and like i said it, the the following has the following went has gone from about 60 odd to about 180 odd in the space of a week um and yeah gonna carry on working on that and keep that going uh, in an upward trajectory but yeah i just wanted to kind of cover the fact that how many people are, are following you is not important it's about the who is actually following you because if you're running uh, if you're running a, a wedding business as you probably should be if you're listening to this if not then perhaps you just like the sound of my voice uh, but uh, if you're running a wedding business then what you want is you want couples to follow you or you know either couples instagram accounts or people who are engaged accounts um it, you don't really want other wedding suppliers following you really because well by all means they can make up the numbers but that's literally all they're going to do i mean they may potentially recommend you but you know that's, that's not really what you're what you're about so in terms of how many um followers you've got on instagram or the people liking your um your facebook page for example it's important that it is actually people who fit into your ideal client because you know it shouldn't just be i mean if you want to get down to the real nitty-gritty it shouldn't just be anyone getting married because your business shouldn't just serve anyone who's getting married your business should serve a particular demographic uh, whether that be you know if you're um, a high-end wedding supplier you don't want budget brides following you i mean by all means they can make up the numbers but again they're literally just making up the numbers and not ever going to do any business with you because chances are they probably won't be able to afford you uh, and you know similarly the other way around you know there's no point in trying to get high-end couples to follow you um if your business is the sort of business that tries to churn out as many weddings as possible at a low price and as we always say whether you're targeting the low end or the high end you know, makes no difference to us whatsoever and we, we never cast any dispersions on anyone um because you've got to serve who you're going to serve and what's um and who you're comfortable and what your service fits in with so there are advantages with hitting the high end there are advantages hitting the low end and there are disadvantages of both as well so and you know so in the middle ground kind of you get the almost get the best of both worlds but you also get the worst of both worlds as well so you you, you can't really win but you've got to pick a horse and stick to it is what essentially what i'm trying to say 
So you should know exactly who your ideal client is. And if you don't know who your ideal client is, then you know you really need to take a step back in your business. A couple of people have uh, here on Instagram, uh, Drummond, and we've got uh, Little Tent Adventures who've given me a thumbs up as well. So I'm obviously not going to be talking complete nonsense. But yeah, um, I wanted to talk about, because we've not mentioned this for a while, I want to talk about the, the real importance of having an idle client. Um, sometimes it's called a client avatar and things like that. You should know exactly who your wedding business serves. So for instance, when I'm, at a, when I'm at a wedding fair and I'm stood at my stand and then people are walking past, I will look at people and go, that's not my client, that's not my client, that's not my client, that's not my client. Oh, there's someone I definitely need to speak to. I can see them. I know what my ideal clients look like. So that's how you, that's how you want to be. You can, because let's look at the advantages of knowing exactly what your ideal client is. If you know exactly what your ideal client does, how much money they earn, you know, how they dress, their age, you know, all of that stuff. If you know all of that stuff, then it means you can create marketing and advertising, which is going to appeal to them, which is going to grab their attention because different people are going to have different pain points. They're going to have different things you can hook them with. So if you're trying to throw out the same, I mean, think of it like fishing, if you want to, if you, you know, when you go fishing, you don't use the same bait for each different fish. You know, I'm not a fisherman, but I know that much. Um, so if you throw out, you know, this hook that's got all this stuff on it, trying to catch all these different brides or all these different groups or all these different couples, then the chances are that when you reel that back in, you might've got the odd person who you got at the right time, but in general, you know, you're going to be putting off, um, putting off people by trying to appeal to everyone. So that what I say is, um, if you try to please everyone, you'll appease no one or something like that. I came up with, I, I thought it sounded good at least. So yeah, getting down to the like laser focused, as they say on exactly who your business is serving is only going to serve you better because it means that you can really dial down on exactly how you're going to market to them, how you're going to advertise to them. And then, what sort of service you're then going to offer because like i just said a minute ago when it comes to the different portions of the market sort of low medium and high um kind of in terms of um budget and pricing and stuff like that they are going to react differently and they are going to expect different things um so you've got to make sure that within everything that you're doing um you know exactly how you're trying to do that to people um so so for, for for example, you know, you're going to get away with things like, for instance, I always think that when, when you're trying to serve the high end of the market, it's really, really important that your grammar and your spelling and things like that is important um, because it's an attention. It's, it's not that it's like, oh my God, they misspelled this word or they put a, you know, they use the, they use affect instead of effect sort of thing. It's not, a, it's not a, them saying oh god they can't type properly therefore i don't want them to work to me it's an attention to detail thing if you create some marketing like a flyer or you put create a, a brochure and you send that out to you give that out to someone at a wedding fair and they look through and they spot countless spelling mistakes or grammatical errors and stuff like that how confident do you think they're going to feel if you're a venue styling company and you're going to be put, putting together all the little details of their day, for example. Chances are they're not going to feel particularly, uh, you know, 
not going to have much belief in your ability to provide that service because you can't even get a brochure right. Now, uh, you know, that's a, a bit of an extreme example. Um, whereas, you know, at the, at the lower end of the market, people, you know, if you're serving budget brides, then, you know, often, and I say budget brides with the greatest of respect, it's not a, not a slur in any way, but if you're serving the low, lower end of the market, then, you know, you're going to get away of your, brochure being kind of printed on the, the cheapest paper because people just tend to want to know what the price is they go oh you, you run a sweet cart okay um how much is it oh it's 175 quid cool i'll go for that you know it's 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 as simple as that whereas if you're trying to sell a high-end sweet cart that's 500 quid um then you're going to have to give a pretty good reason why that is within your marketing um to, to make the, the higher end couples understand why they couldn't just go for the 175 quid one. I mean, the price alone might put them off. Um, so hopefully that's kind of explained the importance of knowing who your ideal client is, because it basically, bottom line, in a nutshell, it then determines everything which you do in your business from that point onwards, from, like I said, the marketing, the advertising, the, the, the copywriting, the service that you provide, uh, how you speak to them within your emails, how much you email them and everything else, all that gets determined by your ideal client. So it's really, really important to know who that is. Um, if you're not sure about who your ideal client is and who you should be serving, then you know, get in touch with us. Um, as always, uh, myself and Jack, who's not here today, uh, we offer 15 minute free um, coaching consultation where you can go through, talk to us about what your problems are, within your business um, and we'll go over that and then come back to you with, uh, with our proposal about how to sort that out. Um, got the people who probably be watching on Instagram and Facebook at the moment. If you do have anything you'd like me to cover in today's podcast episode, then do please um, say something. Um, I've covered a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, but I'd be interested to see if there's anyone else who wants me to talk about anything else. If not, I can uh, make something up. Happy to do that. I will give you a minute or two to put something in the comments before I move on. Yeah, Jack, uh, Jack isn't here because he was, well, he was supposed to be here. Uh, Jack decided that he would, rather than come and spend some time with you lovely people, both watching live and on Facebook, on Instagram, and perhaps listening later on, perhaps on a journey somewhere, he's decided instead he would extend his 10-day holiday in Florida to 14 days. Um, so, you know, he, he'll be back tomorrow or Saturday or something, which is just a little bit rude, really. Um, oh, Ricky has a second question, which I have missed. I have a second question, maybe specifically for mag magicians or singers or entertainers. One issue at a wedding fair when I'm performing is you get a crowd around you, and this is lovely to show the value um, I would add on that day, uh, bringing crowds or a group of people together. However, once the sales pitch is done, you often find some walk off or just can't, or just reach in to get a card. Sometimes I can't always capture everyone as I'm on my own. Have you got any tips to, to capture more people whilst you are at the stand? Is it a recommendation to have someone else with you to capture uh, today to capture? I personally don't want to, as I am the brand, and maybe I have some trust issues. Um, yes. So, yeah, it it depends 
um yeah i mean that that is something that happens if you are an entertainer and that happens a lot to me uh, as a magician um as i'm sure it does well obviously it happens enough to you to warrant mentioning because i'm sure it happens with you as well um i would say that if you've noticed that it's an issue then the, the very best way is to have someone who can capture the data for you um then that, that's that's obviously a really good way of doing it because you can say if someone isn't looking like they're going to book um but they are very interested then you know you just say go and speak to jane over there she'll take down your details and you know um and if you can't find someone called jane then you know you just have to find someone with a different name i guess um but yeah passing them on to someone you know it's it's i mean it's the sort of thing that happens at trade shows all the time you know you'll, you'll have someone who is doing one part of the job and then you know, have someone else actually uh, you need to speak to tony about that because that's tony's area please you're simply passing them on to the person they need to speak to so you know i wouldn't have someone trying to close other cl uh, uh, the people but what i would have is um I, I don't think that there's any problem whatsoever with someone coming along paying them 10 or an hour or whatever and have them capture the data um i, I don't i don't think there's any issues with that whatsoever um one thing i would say though is that you know it's um it's pretty difficult to sell to multiple people at the same time um <clears throat> especially if you've got different packages which might be suitable for one person and, and not for other people um i don't know if it's something that just works for me or whether it's and this may be controversial but you know i'm going to say it anyway um i don't have a problem with turning turning to a couple who are clearly interested in talking to me and, and saying um i'd really love to give you my full attention is it possible you could come back in five minutes i mean some people might go oh my god you're sending someone interested uh, away from your stand are you absolutely insane um but i i think that it's kind of the, the law of the reverse effect that you kind of the fact that you're pushing them away makes them want to come back even more and then it's not like i'm saying i can't be bothered to speak to you at the moment it's me saying I want to give you my undivided attention so I can sell to you properly. C can you come back in five minutes? Um, and you will be surprised that, that, you know, well, maybe you shouldn't be surprised, but people will come back because, you know, the, the fact that they hung around and kind of leered around and looked over shoulders and waited shows that they are very interested. So the fact you're saying that you want to serve them in the best way possible is only going to help you more. And, you know, if they don't come back, then I would say that they wouldn't, wouldn't be been that interested anyway um if you've got a big group uh, and i know that there's a magician you both know might be that you yeah a few people watching know um who will i've never done this just want to put this out there but if they've got three people and they're all look like they're kind of interested then you offer them a deal whereby if all three of them book there and then on the spot then you'd give them this reduced price because it, you know you can take 100 quid off each of them if you know you're going to get three sales out of it. Uh, not something I've done, not something I would probably do, um, but you know, it's uh, you know, I, part of the reason why myself and Jack do this together, we do have slightly different viewpoints on things, um, and we like to give you a um, smorgasbord of options when it comes to kind of selling and closing and everything else, more or less. Um, so yeah, but it, with your specific situation, um, Ricky, I would say that it's absolutely fine to have someone capturing the data 
or you know if you if you're not happy with that then have multiple clipboards or if you're if you've got your 17 hats crm system set up uh, then having uh, an ipad on a stand set up on a set up on the page so that they can fill in their details themselves um that either option's absolutely fine from a point of view but i think that it seems very professional and very business-like i think um if you are there and you have someone else taking down the information because as much as you say i am the brand um if you look like you're the guy who you know does the does the admin does the magic cleans the toilets you know orders the paper for the copy machine and everything it kind of downgrades him i mean the, the fact that um jack has a personal assistant just elevates him you know in terms of what a potential client will think of him the fact that they have to go through his pa you know that there is there's a certain um gravitas to that i think um i think at least um ricky says great answers thanks chris it's it's the it's the ricky and chris show today really ricky asks questions i answer them um that's basically how it's going down at the moment um anyone's there I haven't forgotten about about your Instagram. There's just more people watching on Facebook. So, uh, hi Instagram. If you have any questions that you'd like me to cover, then feel free to put a comment on Instagram or on Facebook. Loads of likes flying in, but I can't see who they're coming in from. I'm not sure if it's just an animation to make me feel like I'm doing a good job or something like that. C could could well be. Um, so. Wasn't going to talk about this, but I feel like I perhaps should. Um, I want to talk to you about um, future-proofing your business. Um, for those of you who are not in the know, um, I've suffered a relatively no, not relatively. I've suffered a catastrophic back injury. Um, so I've currently gone through two failed surgeries and two failed epidurals, and waiting on the literally had an epidural um two days ago which we're going to see if it's work um but it's probably going to be a a third surgery uh so my ability to go out and you know perform at weddings is uh, severely compromised so my question to you and what i'd like you to consider for yourselves is you know if you were if you were struck down and you were unable to literally unable to walk what would happen with your business what have you, what things do you have in place to safeguard your future your family's future your children's future if you have children what have you got in place to ensure that if you were struck down with something through if you're in an accident if you got a horrible illness what do you have in place um because most people's answer to that is i don't have anything in place um and that's fine until it's not fine um so what i would suggest if you I mean, if that's if you're hearing this and going, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, look into income protection insurance would be what I would suggest. Um, basically, you decide, you would decide exactly how much you would like this insurance to pay out, um, and you, the circumstances under which it pays out, and then you know, the company will say, yes, that's fifty pounds a month or something like that. Now. <clears throat> You can look at it as being an unnecessary expense, um, but you know if 
you're running a full-time business and the business can't survive without you then you need to be putting things into place such that it, you know either you are financially fine um if something does happen or um you need to set up this insurance so again you're financially fine or you need to have something set up whereby you go right if i can't do this then so and so knows how to do the job so they can take over um now i've just recently written a blog um written a lot of blogs lately all going to be coming out over the the course of time um but one of them about is about how you should um you should build your business uh, as if you're going to sell it uh, even if you have no intention of doing so and basically the whole the whole blog was about setting up systems within your business because um because basically the, the business holds a lot more value if it actually has systems in place that generate leads generate money generate inquiries and all of those things if you just if your general business plan is throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks then it isn't really much of a a business it's kind of a an ongoing guessing game shall we say um which which isn't great but like on top of everything else you know in terms of making money and having these systems to do so it means that you could you could relatively easily hire someone to do your job so let's let's say within your wedding business you earn forty thousand pounds a year right if you had to pay someone to come in and do a lot of the work and pay them 20 grand a year it means that the business is still running and you're you're earning 20,000 rather than 40,000 is that ideal absolutely not is it better than the business shutting down altogether absolutely um so yeah that, that's, a, that's a kind of a question that i want to leave you with um not sorry i'm saying i'm going to leave instantly but uh, a question to to ponder um you know what have you got in place if you had something happen to have happened to me something happened to you like it's happened to me you know just woke up had a bad back and you know it's been catastrophically catastrophic to my business and my life and pretty much everything just to kind of get the violins out and everything um but i would my reason for mentioning is not for sympathy or anything like that the reason i mention it is because i would absolutely hate to for anyone to experience um experience what i've had to, had to had to go through with it because i looked at income protection insurance but because i've had a back injury before there's no way that um any insurance would pay out on a further back injury because they would see that as a pre-existing condition so if you are healthy if you've not had any problems before now is the time to sort out some income protection insurance or something of that nature to make sure that you are covered because you know as, as soon as you've had any anything wrong with any part of your body you know most insurances will not then pay out on anything related to that part of the body if that makes sense um comment coming from someone i think ricky says thanks chris have to go thanks for your answers and time you're very welcome ricky thank you very much for joining and providing basically about 75 uh, of the content so that's a uh, very decent of you and Owen is watching and so is Kirsten. So thank you for joining. Um, still just the one the person watching on Instagram. I appreciate you, whoever it is that's watching. Um, hello. Um, yeah, so I'm going to hang around for a couple of minutes. Obviously, we've spoken about quite a few things now. We've 
started off by talking about imposter syndrome um because obviously this is going to be available as a podcast uh for you to listen to at whatever time you like in the future uh, it'll be available as of um possibly tonight maybe tomorrow depends how lazy i'm feeling um but uh, yeah we've spoken about imposter syndrome uh we spoke about oh just jamie uh jamie watching on instagram it's jamie that's watching we like jamie uh jamie says this is exactly why i gave up football injury risk is too high yeah it's uh it's it's sad isn't it you know you kind of you have these hobbies and you know there's you know especially if it's sunday league football where everyone's playing like hungover and diving into tackles not caring about anyone's health uh yeah pretty high risk of actually getting quite badly injured so i can understand you doing that jamie uh so what i'm saying uh yeah we spoke about imposter syndrome earlier talk about um wedding fairs and how to deal with crowds around you um obviously just spoke about uh, future proofing your business and spoke about growing uh what i've been doing um in terms of growing instagram following and uh, talks about ideal clients as well and how important that is so covered quite a lot of stuff really um which i feel like is it unless there's anyone who would like me to answer any other questions then i will uh end things and bid you all adieu I'll give you a couple of minutes. So whilst you're thinking about that, let me tell you about what we can do for you. So myself and Jack running Wedding Business Coaches. That's weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk. If you run a wedding business and you know you're having problems with it, you'd like to take it to the next level, you're you know having particular concerns, or you're not making enough money, whatever it is, we can help you. We've you know, we are both magicians, but we've helped caterers we've helped photographers we've helped other magicians of course we no matter what you do within the wedding industry we can help you so how does it start well it starts with you booking in a free 15 minute coaching call basically 15 minutes of our time sit down on a, a skype call with myself and jack you talk through the issue in your business we'll fresh out the best solution we can within that time and then we'll follow up with you and basically give you a business proposal about working with us moving forward into the future. We have all sorts of things available from one-on-one -on -one calls, two-on-one -on -one calls, group coaching, and a couple of other things as well. Uh, and we'll put different options out there depending on you know, exactly how much you are looking to spend. Um, it is an investment of your time, it's an investment of your money, but it's an investment that we feel very, very confident that you will be, will be returned tenfold at least. Um, you know, one of our first ever coaching calls returned uh, 20-fold within three days. So there's that. Um, no one else has asked anything else, so I am going to wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to the Wedding Business um, Wedding Business Coaches podcast. My name has been Chris Piercy. Jack Brister decided not to turn up today because he was too busy getting sunned in Florida, uh, but he will be back next week and i will look forward to talking to you then um head to weddingbusinesscoaches.co.uk if you'd like to book in a free 50-minute coaching call bye-bye